Hello, and welcome to the Paul Cardall Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Paul Cardall Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Cardall. If this is the first time you're joining, thanks for being here. Those of you that have been listening, I appreciate you. Uh, And please, if you have not yet left a review, that helps more people discover the podcast. And of course, subscribe and share it with somebody who you know will benefit from listening to these various topics we've been going through. It was pretty heavy the last couple episodes, 85. We went through the various stages of grief. And then last week on episode 86, I talked about guilt and grief. This is something that I've struggled with, is survivor's guilt. And so you can go back and listen to that episode. But given the fact that those are pretty heavy subjects, I want to make it a little more light today. And so I invited my good friend, Ryan Morris. That's right. I'll introduce him in a minute. We'll talk more about who he is, how we met, and one of the projects he's working on called Giants and Smalls. But I want to talk about a couple things. One, uh, I went to the Grammys, and which is controversial for some people. And I want to go through talking about the Grammys and my experience as a member of the Recording Academy, why I participate, and uh, what's really going on behind the scenes. Secondly, I want to talk about the Super Bowl. Those of you listening today, Sunday, the Super Bowl is tonight. Those of you that are listening in the future, hop back into your DeLorean and you'll realize that the Super Bowl is tonight. Or the fact that you already know who won the Super Bowl. Did Taylor Swift win or did the San Francisco 49ers? (laughs) So we'll talk a little bit about that. I love Taylor Swift. She's an amazing person who's accomplished a lot, a lot. And then I want to talk briefly about what an incredible month this is, February, which is National Heart Month. And from February 7th until the 14th, the focus is congenital heart disease, which I've been advocating since the day I was born with only half a heart. So we'll dive a little bit into that. But first, my good friend Ryan Morris, he's with me. We're up here at my cabin, for those of you watching on YouTube. This is not a green screen. No. (laughs) Right above him, you'll see a sign that says, Gone Fishing. And his shirt says, Do you know the Muffin Man? Do you know the Muffin Man? And and my sweatshirt is representing Refuge, a great leadership retreat. If you want to know anything about that, uh, send me a message. Ryan, we do this annually. Mm. Tell me a little bit about what this week is and why we do it. First of all, like I've ran into Paul Cardall because of, can I tell my story a little bit of how I ran across you? Yes. Yes, you can. <laughs> there he was on the side of the road. You no. ran over me? <laughs> no. no ran across me. Across. Okay, this is how we Which is, it, it goes way, way back. My, his, his grandma was actually uh, it, my dad's uh, church leader way, way back. And got him active in his in his church and and things like that. We didn't know that at the time. Well, it was we, a very long time ago. That is a very long time. My grandma was a hundred when yeah, she passed. No, we were not born yet, so that would have been like eighty years ago. That was a long time. Sixty-five. Ago. I was like, my dad is seventy. So I mean, it was a yeah. it was a long time ago though. But anyway, fast forward. 
Uh, I found out about Paul Cardinal's music. If you don't, if you don't know about his music, you need to listen to his piano music because it is insane, amazing, the most peaceful music ever. Thank ha you. Had Thank a neighbor. Thank you. You're welcome. And I mean, it's true. So it's a good plug. I appreciate it. Thank welcome. you. Welcome. I'll do. I'll do a bunch of that. <laughs> but I had a neighbor who he would he would go like the long distance runs, so hundred mile in the mountain type runs, two hundred mile runs. This is Forrest Gump. I mean, you would think that he was Forrest Gump. Running the, from something. Like, I don't, obviously, I don't run. I mean, I'm not as slim as Paul. And I will like food. Um, but <laughs> Paul called me a sugar fiend earlier. So that's that's true. fine. It's true. But he would go run these huge uh, mountain runs. And, and I said, what do you do for inspiration? I was so curious. And he said, you're going to laugh at me. And I said, no, dude, what do you do? And he goes, I'm like, do you listen to like heavy metal? Like I would be like, da 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 da. You know, well, like, you think he's listening yeah. to Journey, right? Because <laughs> he's on a journey. Yeah, don't something. stop believing and running. Yeah, something. Yeah. And no, almost the exact opposite. He is listening to peaceful piano by Paul Cardall, and listening to this music because it brings him into touch with like what's really important in nature and his body. And he says he's running. It just gives him inspiration and hope and 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 all this stuff. And That's I'm cool. like. That's incredible, yeah. So I start listening to your music, not knowing you. Well, you're a country music fan. I'm a country music fan. I just like music, period. Okay. So okay. music in general, but yes, country is probably one of my favorites, but I'll listen to anything. Grew up playing the piano, like music is my thing. So fast forward a little bit further down the line, about six months, uh, my friend Nick Smith wrote a book called The Giants and the Smalls, and he, it's this, here you can show it if you want to, but I, um, it's a pretty cool book. This what didn't exist at the time. This the the way it is now. He had it on his computer. That was it. He uh, and I ran across Richard Paul Evans, who's written what forty something New York Times bestselling books. Yeah, and Richard, uh, for those that know my career, he's the one that asked me to do the Christmas box, inspired by his New York Times bestseller, and one of my mentors in understanding how to market art. Yeah. So great, great man. Yeah. So you know, we were like, we ran into him at this mastermind. He, he saw some of the images from the book, said, hey, you got to come to my author ready retreat. And we said, okay. And I, not me, I didn't say, okay. I just wanted to go up at night to eat dinner. I'm not the author, all right? I just like hanging out with people. Yeah. yeah. And so I went up to this retreat at night. Nick went, yeah. to the, went to the courses during the day. And the first night I'm sitting in the hotel lobby. It was at the Zermatt in, in uh, Hebrew, Midway, Utah. Beautiful resort. Yeah, beautiful place. And, and I'm sitting there and there's a fire going and there's, you know, it's a cold night. And in walks this guy, well-dressed dude. And he comes to sit down and there's tons of open spaces. And he comes and he sits like right next to me and says, hey, do you mind if I sit here? And I was like, it was an open seat. Yeah. And I look over and I was like, sure. You know, and he goes, hey, my name's Paul. And then it clicked, and I'm like, I know. and I said, I, I know. And he kind of, you know, I mean, I'm sure he gets that everywhere he goes, but it was like, oh. And I was like, yeah, I've, I've heard your music, and I'm a big fan, um, and told him the story of how I came across his music. But uh, from that point on, we became really great friends. I came up every night for the retreat. Uh, just we've, we've started hanging out quite a bit. Every time he's in town, we usually connect, go to dinner, those kinds of things, and, and – uh, um, Paul said, Hey, you know what? I think I'm going to get a group of guys together. And, and, uh, he loves to go camping up in Wyoming. And he said, let's get a group of guys to go up there and, and just be with nature and all this stuff. And I said, I'm in, I'm in, let's do it. 
Um, and so got it. That's how that whole thing started. And we, and now because Paul is who he is, he, he loves people and talks to people and finds out their story. Um, he's, he's well connected with all of these different people and he invites certain people that he feels needs to come and, and come to a men's retreat comes to something where, yeah. And sometimes it's strangers that God just like Jordan puts into our life. You should tell that story. Well, Jordan, uh, you can go back to an earlier episode with Jordan Bell. It's actually one of the most, uh, downloaded podcast episodes. He was, uh, he was on the show alone. He's a survivalist. And, uh, when I watched the show, he mentioned he had a daughter born with congenital heart disease. And that connected with me because I was born with the same thing, but she passed away. And so I reached out to him because I wanted to, I don't know, I just felt like I needed to connect with him. And I brought him up to the men's retreat because to me, I think it's very important for men to gather. Men need friends because, you know, we grow up, we have our friends, and then we go off into the business world and we focus so much on the survival aspect and family that a lot of our friendships at work are transactional. And we really need to have fellowship. Very surface level sometimes, you know? Yeah, this is something Jesus taught. He wants us to gather together in a very private, trustworthy space with people we don't see all the time. These are not friends that you're constantly calling. These are people where there's a commitment. Hey, we're going to show up at this event every year, go around around the fire and just share things we're grateful for. And it evolves into this powerful, hmm. powerful, life-changing thing. Like Jordan, uh, we always pray. I like to pray at these events. Jordan, we asked him at the last night, the first time, do you want to pray? And he's like, why not? But he, I, I never prayed, right? He never <laughs> prayed before. And the week was so impactful on all of us that his prayer was one of the most beautiful conversations with God. He, he said, Heavenly Father, clearly like he knew that was his spiritual dad, um, creator. And it was just beautiful. So these are the types of things. Shared all of the thanks in his heart and, and like, oh, oh so like, good. Yeah. So we try to recreate these events in the wintertime at the cabin, um, sleigh riding, snowmobiling, um, just food. food. This guy is a chef and um, just very, he's one of the most selfless. You know those people in your life that are the most selfless? They always volunteer. They're, they're the guy that stacks the chairs when nobody <laughs> is helping. The guy that volunteers to go get all the food and then cook it for everybody. Ryan is one of the most, um, he, he does exactly what Jesus is inviting us all to do, which is to serve one another. So, Thanks, good man. Love this guy. Um, so, yeah, so that's how we met. That's why we're doing this retreat. So, let's what talk. Are we on year three or four? I think we're on like four, four? the fourth year. Some of the same guys come, um, strangers in the beginning. Um, and now, every now and then, we invite a couple new people. And uh, it's life-changing. So, uh, but hey. I'm not a football fan. I'm a musician. I can tell you who won the Grammys. I can't tell you who uh, is winning the Super Bowl. 
So we're going to talk for those in the future that have do not have a DeLorean or no dock and can't go back into the past and relive it like it's about to happen. Uh, this is the artist in me. This is the way I talk. Um, we don't know who's going to win the Super Bowl. Now, one thing I have to tell you, Ryan, hmm. so I was at the Grammys, and uh, Taylor Swift is clearly one of the most um, strategic, strategic artists. She's a marketing genius. The team around her are geniuses. When I moved to Nashville, they, the company I was with that wanted me to make music said, you're going to be in the Dolly Parton room. This would be my office. I said, why is this a special room other than it's Dolly Parton? This is where Taylor Swift wrote Tim McGraw. This is where Taylor Swift wrote this. And I thought, wow, I wonder if the Taylor vibes would rub off on me I mean, into my intricate, difficult uh, piano music. Sure enough. <laughs> but, you know, the great thing about Taylor is she writes very simple. We've talked about this. Uh, I've talked about this with very... Um, some of the most successful songwriters. What is it about Taylor Swift? Why do her songs resonate? I mean, if I were to ask you, Ryan, why do her songs resonate? Most from, of the time, it's at least for me, like from my side or my view, and maybe that's something different. And you know the inside world of writing songs and creating a song and all that stuff. For me, it's it's mostly it's it's her. She writes about her real life experiences and from the heart, and then puts a catchy you know catchy music to it but it relates to the, the average person can totally grasp it, go, that's like me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. These teenage girls and even, even men, um, they resonate with it. The formula with Taylor is this. Uh, when, I, when I was asked, I'll give you an example. When I was asked to write a hymn for the LDS Church by one of their senior leaders, uh, David... Bednar, who was one of the apostles for the LDS Church, 17 million members, wanted to write a song with me. And it was a deeply humbling experience. And I thought, oh my gosh, I gotta create a like Handel's Messiah. Yeah, the pressure. <laughs> Handel's Messiah. This this will probably go in a hymn book. It'll be, you know, engraven in time long before, long after I'm I'm gone and nobody cares. Um the bottom line is he, he wanted me to write this song, and I was having trouble, a lot of trouble. Finally, in the middle of the night, uh, because he had told me, you're overthinking it. In the middle of the night, this little melody came to me, and I woke up, and I went to the piano. And this was like a simple, like a Marietta Little Lamb, hmm. or Happy Birthday. Everyone all over the world can sing Happy Birthday, right? Everybody, it just, it's easy. And so I wrote this little melody and I recorded it and I sent it off to, to David Bednar, Elder Bednar, yes. Right. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> and, and Bednar called me, uh, I like to call him by his last name, like he's a football star. And Bednar. Oh, old Bednar. Yeah, Bednar. So Bednar, Bednar. called me. He would, I said, what are you doing? He's, I'm at Home Depot. I'm like, what are you? He goes, I'm fixing my roof. I, and uh, anyways, he, he had said, listen, I, I got this song. It's perfect. It's simple. And I said, you know, I, I feel like it's not strong enough. And he said, look, bottom line, the, the young boy in Provo, Utah, he was five. And the, the gentleman 
who is a patriarch and a grandfather in Ghana, they can all sing this. Yeah. It's simple. So why I tell you that story is because Taylor Swift understands this principle. Keep it simple. K-I-S-S, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple so everyone can resonate. You know, she started doing the country music. And that resonated because she's this young girl and she wants to fall in love. And she's found this formula about writing songs and people all want to fall in love. And so it's kind of a dreamy type thing. But she's evolved as an adult. And the reason we're talking about Taylor and the Super Bowl, uh, if you live on the moon or Mars, is because Taylor... Welcome to the podcast, if right. you do. <laughs> and this, you know, this... Taylor's probably going to sell some music after this, but Taylor is dating Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. Travis is one of the the most valued players in the professional football league, NFL. What does that stand for? National Football League. Okay, National Football League. <laughs> um, it's like the Avengers or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like the Justice League. Like the Justice League, yeah. but it's the the football players. Yeah, the football players. These are the guys that in high school they'd slap each other butt. Good game. Oh, sorry. Good game. Um, <clears throat> things I say with friends. <laughs> um, but Taylor and um, Travis, Travis TNT, they are dating, and as a result, this is what's amazing. This is incredible. The Kansas City Chiefs, guess how much money they have made in merch, ticket sales, and support because Taylor Swift is dating a football player on their team. It's got to be a bucket load. My, my kids don't call it the Chiefs. They say, is Taylor playing today? <laughs> yeah, it's Taylor <laughs> like, versus what? the 49ers. Yeah, I was like, what? So it's got to be a grundle. And you see her fans. These are the Swifties. That's what they're called. Swifties. Like Swift, uh, like, like the thing you use to clean the Swift. The Swiffers? So yeah. <laughs> like, Sorry. But like groupies, like they were groupies back in the day. They'd follow bands all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'd have a group of them. But this is a whole She's other strategy. Millions. Yeah, this is a whole other ballgame. And you see the TikTok videos of these 11-year-old girls whose dream is to go to a Taylor Swift concert. And they're sobbing. I mean, this is like when the Beatles came over. This is how popular she is and how much she resonates emotionally with people. I may have cried a time or two to the Taylor show. So. Okay. Confession. This is why we do fellowship. Now we have to help him. <laughs> so touched. So here's the amount. And if you haven't already Googled it, uh, it's reported by the NFL. $331 million dollars to the Kansas City Chiefs. Three hundred and that's just one Chiefs. Million dollars to the Chiefs. That's not all the other impact that she's had, no. the economic impact that she's had. Oh, no. Everything she touches turns to gold. Now, I'm a member of the Recording Academy, and every year, as a member of the Recording Academy, um, my music gets put onto a ballot along with musicians all over the world. And as a voting member, I get to vote uh, for five people, artists, in the various categories that I'm involved in. I can only, I can only vote for five people hmm. in five categories. 
So I got the new age category, which people don't know about. New age category. It's not on People Magazine, sorry. That's okay. New age, that was like Yanni in the days, remember oh, George Winston? Yeah. That's me. It, I just don't have the hair that Yanni has. I mean, you have some good looking hair though. Well, thank you. Yeah. So wow. new age, which I love, <laughs> you know. So the new age music and um, uh, contemporary classical, Mm -hmm. People are composing new classical music. The Josh Grobins. Yeah. The, uh, I could go on and on. Yeah. Andre Bocelli. Did I say that right? I don't know, but it sounds good to me. Okay. Bocelli. Yeah. Sounds like a, like a pasta dish. Sounds man. delicious. <laughs> sounds delicious. So, and then um, contemporary Christian. Mm -hmm. And then non-classical and um, non-classical engineering. Okay. which sound like the most fascinating categories. And if you watch, and this is all going to lead up to Taylor. Okay. There are 90 awards given out to artists and producers and engineers across all genres. Because in America, we like to categorize things into groups. Um, I've been in record stores in Europe. They categorize it good music and bad music. <laughs> Making things good a lot simpler. Hey, what's this in the corner? Oh, that's yeah, some good stuff. What's in this side? It's not selling. Has dust on it. Yeah. So I've always wondered where I would be in the <laughs> as a classical dust for contemporary new age Christian. See, it's complicated. It's complicated. So one of the challenges of all those in the ninety awards. You really need to be with a record label that has a lot of clout. I own my own record label. The artists that own their labels are earning majority of the income. So when you are streaming my music, I get majority of the income and I love you for it. And my wife does too. And then those with record labels like Ryan Sony. does too because then he gets to hang out with Paul. <laughs> Sony, Capital, all these labels. The artists get a portion. And so what you saw on the broadcast on CBS, the Grammys, every year on CBS, you only see nine awards in the two-and-a-half-hour broadcast handed out. And they're like the biggest and the most prestigious. These are not the biggest selling. The TV producers and press people for the Grammys they and the advertisers decide who is going to perform in order to draw an audience. They want popularity, controversy. Of course. Because if you get a Sam Smith up there singing like last year, dressed as the devil, people, every, people talk assume, about it everywhere. Yeah, because people assume it's a satanic <clears throat> ritual, which is not true. What Sam was doing is acting out um, that there are mean people in the world and they're devils. This year, we had, uh, is it Olivia Rodrigo? She did this song and it's all in red. And so again, you get these people going, this was devil worshiping. It's a song about vampires and how they destroy our lives. So in the song, uh, if you go to the lyrics, it's, it's about vampires. Who doesn't resonate with that when you're 17 years old? Yeah. 
The Mystery of Dracula. 42. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have not written a song about Dracula. I don't know that I ever will, but she did. So it's very popular. Billy Joel performed. Yeah, that was awesome. Because it's the first song yeah. he's written in 17 years. Now, when you're at the Grammys, and I'm there, I've gone for several years, uh, those that are nominated in those top nine categories all sit in the tables. And every performer that is performing, most of those people are sitting down. Most of them are nervous because they don't know if they're going to win. Most of them are just grateful. They're there. But Taylor Swift... She knows cameras are watching, and she knows everybody else is watching, but she's also a huge fan of music. She stands up during every performance. She sings with them and dances. Sings the song. She knows the song. She knows it all. It's crazy to watch. Absolutely crazy. She, she knows them all. She does. And doesn't miss a, a word. Yeah. I'd be up there and probably botch every single one of those. You'd be fine. You've got a great voice. (laughs) From Metallica to rap to Olivia Rodrigo to um, she can't sing along with me, and that's okay. (laughs) She'll need a nice pillow. Um, Her and Travis can light a candle and and, uh, talk sports. Talk sports. (laughs) Um, But I have a respect for Taylor in in, in the essence that she is publicly... uh, Encouraging other people to support other artists. She genuinely cares. I think she does. Like you can see it, how the excitement when somebody else wins, she claps, she's smiling for them. Yeah. Even if it's not her that's winning, which is almost it seems like it is. <laughs> What's also interesting is uh, on the red carpet, she she does try to get in everyone's photos. She's a photo bomber. She loves. But if you can get Taylor Swift into your photo, again. Maybe you're the Kansas City Chiefs and you'll make $331 million. Maybe we'll superimpose Taylor right here. Yeah, so I'll put Taylor. <laughs> What's her you song? You think she'd come to our, our men's retreat? Can you sing one of her songs? Briefly, just what's the, what's the chorus of Tim McGraw? Do you know that one? <clears throat> when you think Tim McGraw. I can't, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to replay that in my head. But Okay. Yeah. He put me on the spot. I'm like, I'm I'm nervous. He's not much of a Swifty, is he? I'm going to, no, I love Taylor Swift. I'm just going to botch her stuff. Now, if you notice on my stuff, when I do the content that I do. Yeah, on TikTok, you sing a lot. I haven't done any Taylor Swift songs. I'll put a link to that in in this. I probably should do one or two. I'll do, I'll do it. I'll do a Taylor Swift song. Are you ready for it? (laughs) Probably won't be that one. Are you ready for it? Maybe shake it off, but I don't know. But. I could do Tim McGraw. I, that's a good song because we're out in the snow right now. Anyways, try here. Sorry, everybody, for with wet snow. That, but, I, um, but, but here's what's interesting. Uh, <laughs> I've heard so many people complain about Taylor. And I'm, I'll admit there's been moments where I'm like, I, I don't get it. Um, people don't get it. But um, after careful consideration and research, I, I've wanted to understand it. Um, but people love it and cheer people to rise in success but Ryan what is it about why do people like to see people that are successful fall fall I think inside they're all living vicariously 
they can relate. They want people to do well. Most people are still good and they want people to succeed. And so they see people succeed and then they've, they've got this, you know, they like her as a person. They like what she's doing. They like her music. It, it touches them. Um, at least in my opinion, that's what they relate to it. And so again, they want her to do well because that's a sliver of what they would hope, you know, for themselves. Insecurities. Probably a little bit. Yeah. So you, you know, like it talks to their fears. It speaks to their insecurities. It speaks to their, their grief. It speaks to their uh, emotions. And, and that's, she's really, really good at connecting those, those things where you, you might not have experienced exactly those things. Yeah. But you can look at your own life and go, oh, my gosh. Yeah, for me, this was this. And go right into that, that feeling, that emotion, that, that, that place in time because of what she's doing. Oh, totally agree. Totally agree. I think also, um, I think parents often are worried when your children get into music. And I understand this. My... 11-year-old Eliza, she's getting into music, but she's listening to what her siblings are loving. And because my daughter Eden is a recording artist, um, about to drop her third single. Wow. Let me plug that. It's called Good To You. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So when you're asking Alexa to play Paul Cardall, ask Alexa to play Eden Cardall. Um, and I'm so grateful she's She's got those gifts in order to process emotions that 17, 18-year-olds are dealing with. Mm. Um, but my youngest is now listening to music that they listen to. And so I can imagine parents who watch these artists that your kids follow evolve, and you start to get frustrated by their political beliefs, by supporting the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> But that's Andy Reid's team, and Andy Reid coached at BYU, and we're in Utah, you? so we're pretty loyal to <laughs> Brigham Young University. My grandfather built the stadium, so enough bragging about BYU. Um, you, you can lead BYU, but you'll never let BYU go. Wait, what is it? You can lead BYU, but you'll never lead BYU. <laughs> that's true. It's true. Uh, I, I love that team. I love everything about the school. Anyways. We're not talking about BYU. Back to Taylor Swift. <sighs> like with the which is a which is a, a lot to think about because she's so fascinating. Mm -hmm. And it's not my world of entertainment. Uh, because the pop culture world is so different from the world that I'm in. It's the I'm more the tortoise versus the hare. Classical music does last longer. And there was a point where we were actually out streaming uh, Taylor Swift on Pandora. You got a few streams there, buddy. We, but it shifted <laughs> to Taylor. How many are you up to now? It doesn't matter. It does. A I little appreciate bit. what everybody is doing. <laughs> you know, if they're willing to listen to, to us ramble, uh, go listen to the music to take a breather. To your, to your point, though, like with parents, like you watch an artist... And then, you know, you're listening to it, and especially, it seems like new artists, there's this moment where they start to break out, and you're wondering, is this person going to hold up with morals and character and all these different things? 
I would say that Taylor, for the most part, even though she has her own political views, and some of them I disagree with, and I agree, you know, I agree with a lot yes. of things. I can respect her beliefs and where she's at, but also watch her how she carries herself, how she treats others with kindness, how she leads with love. Yeah, you know, even though we don't agree a hundred percent, me and you probably don't agree a hundred percent on everything. Well, there's things. no, you like sugar. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that's the truth, but. You could see, like, as a parent, you're like, okay, just watch this artist and see how they're going to do. Cause you don't want them, like, going down a path that's, that's you know, where it's, they start idolizing somebody of sorts and they right. start looking up to them and then they yeah. go, ugh. But Taylor Swift's impact, she did some things different than, than a Britney Spears, and no offense to any of these people, Miley Cyrus. They went down some really weird paths. And Taylor had a little moment there for a minute trying to figure out who she was. But she's always led with love, kindness, respect. Yeah. And that is what I think people just see, they feel, and then they are loyal as heck to somebody like that. Because it's good. It's just goodness. For sure. It's like following George Strait. Yeah. Or Tim McGraw or any of these amazing artists. It's like me with the band Rush. Fiercely loyal. Listen to them from the beginning. In fact, this year, Mark's when they gave us, when God gave us through Rush, Tom Sawyer. So that's, it's been a great, great week. This was when they actually released moving pictures. But you mentioned Miley Cyrus. She won Song of the Year. Yeah. Flowers. First, first, first Grammy ever, and which actually surprised me. I didn't know that because she is an incredible singer. I have respect for her because her husband cheated on her. And her response through her pain was, I can buy myself flowers. <laughs> and it's such a good song. It's so catchy. It's another one where it gives women confidence, mm -hmm. even men, when somebody just blows you off and makes you feel horrible. You have so much value. And she's putting that message out. The other artist I learned to respect is Billie Eilish. Her brother, Phineas, is one of the best songwriters, hmm. pianist, writes their songs. But I was in London with Eden, Eden Cardall. She's dropping a new single, Good to You. Um, I was with her in London, and it said that Billie Eilish was in concert. And in London, tickets are cheaper than the United States. They don't. I don't know, the promoters do not rip you off. It was it was only $50 a ticket. Wow. Jeez. And I was a little cautious about going to, you know, Billie Eilish. I'm a parent that prints up the lyrics, and then with my <laughs> daughter next to me, I read them, <laughs> and I ask if this benefits uh, society. What's this lyric I, I got that from Sting, though. <laughs> That's actually so probably every now and then I pull out some NWA, <laughs> Public Enemy, or Ice Cube, print the lyrics. I was sorry, mom and dad. I've yeah. listened to a lot of inappropriate music. Yeah, Nirvana, whatever. And uh, I went to Billy, and it was amazing because Billy had a crane there. She could have used the space to sell more tickets, but it's a crane that would lift her up and put her within. 20 yards of every person in the arena. Kind of like Pink does, where she's like goes around the, the, the on the trapeze type stuff. And Probably. It's pretty close. She gets, I mean, 
I don't know. Did you go to a yard concert? Yes. He's going to admit it. <laughs> Pink. She's like an aerial acrobat. But anyways, but Billy. That's amazing. Billy, this is what she said at her concert. She said, I want all the young women in here to know that you're amazing, you're valued, you're worthy, and don't watch porn. Billy said it ruined her life. She'd seen it since she was nine years old. Hmm. It just wrecked her idea of a normal, healthy sexual relationship with somebody who you're committed to, yep. with a covenant. And I was so grateful that through this hero that so many of these young people admire, um, she was feeding them truth. And that's what the best artists do is when you convey things you've been through in order to try to help your audience not go through these things. I once had a spiritual leader, this was my mission president, hmm. said, it takes a wise man to learn from their own experiences. It takes a wiser man to learn from other people's experiences. And so, you know, there's a lot to be learned from these artists. I watched a Billie Eilish uh, documentary and I was impressed. She lives, she actually comes from like her, her mom and her brother super amazing people and, and very down to earth with all of the, f the fame and the things that have happened to her. Very, very down to earth. They still live in a very modest home. Yeah. So yeah, great respect for those artists. Um, the other thing I want to say about the Grammys is that, so the evening broadcast is only nine Grammys awarded. I go to a pre-ceremony where the majority of the other uh, awards are given out and there were Christian performances from some of my favorite Christian artists like Kirk Franklin. He took everyone to church. Everyone to church. So it was beautiful. Uh, and then finally, I just want to leave you guys with the fact that um, the fact that we're being interrupted real quickly because our good friend Jordan, who we mentioned earlier, uh, the road is quite snowy to get up here. So he's going to plow through. He says, plow this, through. Is, this is just, he says, just so you know, the fire danger today is extremely low. There's a sign that says today that it's got snow all over it. So it's, he says, I just want you to be aware that, that uh, the fire danger is, is low. <laughs> so is he, is he close? Yeah, five minutes. We're good okay. for a minute. We can so finally, what I want to just say is that um, go Chiefs, go 49ers. And uh, if you guys want to throw a skin, pick skin around, great. If uh, that helps uh, the world. <laughs> but uh, anyways, Grammys was amazing. And uh, this week, of course, is National Congenital Heart Disease Awareness Uh a couple years ago, I put out an album called Saving Tiny Hearts. Features some of my most uh, requested songs like Life and Death and Gracie's Theme. Every time you stream that album, a portion of that from Anthem Entertainment, who owns that album now, gives it 
to Saving Tiny Heart Society, a 501 that has a board of really prestigious doctors. These doctors decide, and I was on this board once as a professional patient because I've been in the hospital so many times, where should this funding go? And we do grassroots federal funding for grants to further education, greater research, and technology. I'm alive because of the advancements in technology. I want other people born with congenital heart disease, the leading cause of infant-related deaths, the least funded of all the major diseases. Sometimes because you can't see it. You can't see it. So, you know, how do you know it? Plus, it's children. Yeah. But it is so important that we are aware of it. There's so many things you can contribute to. If you go to my website, paulcardell.com, there's a link to uh, Saving Tiny Hearts to learn more about uh, that organization, what you can do to help fund this. And basically, just listen to Saving Tiny Hearts. The other thing is we have a scholarship for students affected by congenital heart disease that are, want to go to Salt Lake Community College. They have a lot of medical bills. And this is an amazing community college. I went to, got an associate's degree. They gave me an honorary doctorate. Uh, I don't know the community colleges can do that, but the board of trustees agreed. And I love this college. And if you're out of high school really? and you have a heart defect, go to my website and click on the scholarship link. I so, went to that school for a semester. Oh, slick. We called it slick. Bruins, I think it is. The Bruins. <laughs> <laughs> They've got campuses all over Utah. And the non-resident, uh, the fees are still reasonable. So the scholarship applies to non-residents. Hmm, that's awesome. Can I say okay, one right. thing real yeah, quick? Man. Is that cool? Um, just to kind of to tie this all in, too, if you're wondering, like, you see the impact that somebody like Taylor Swift has. You see the impact that somebody like a Paul Cardall, a Jordan Bell, who's on his way up here, who's had on the, on the season alone. You see those impacts, and, and I appreciate that, Paul, too. This wasn't a plug for me. This is actually a plug for you. The plug for not not me and you. This is for Nick, too, for Rout the Giants. Nick Smith. But this we is need a, more giants in the world. Yeah, and so this is a plug for you at home that's sitting here watching this, or that follows Paul or follows Taylor or follows Travis Kelsey or whoever. Sometimes you wonder about your impact. Hmm. It's... It, you could. There are people that will have a giant impact. Three hundred and thirty-one million dollars because she's dating Travis Kelsey. That's crazy. Most of us won't ever see anywhere close to that collectively. Probably everybody watching this podcast and everybody coming up here. That's a lot of money. But it's the small. It's the simple things. It's the hugs. It's the high fives. It's the the check ins on your friends. It's the smiles at the grocery store. It's the opening a door, being kind. It's what's in here, and that's what Paul talks about. This is why it's important. It's because it's not just a physical heart. Paul Cardall has has been through the ringer in his, with his heart, but he has the most heart of just about any person that I've ever met in my entire oh, life. Yeah. So yeah. you can have that same impact that Paul's having with other people, with mm -hmm. men, uh, on these men's, men's retreats that Taylor Swift is having just by being kind and using your heart. So that's all, that's what I had to say. Love this guy, Ryan Morris. I'm gonna put a link to the TikTok and a link to the Giants book. Really 
great, really a great story. And they've got their own podcast, Giants and Smalls. He hosts it. Smalls been on twice. Hilarious. We love and it. very informative. So this is why I hang out with this guy. He, uh, you know, you got to brag about your friends. <laughs> you got to build your friends up. So, all right. Until next week, episode 87 is over. Check out the website. Learn about Saving Tiny Hearts. Learn about the scholarship. And uh, I don't know. Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? Oof. I mean, both sides have a great story, too. Hardy with the quarterback is... You know, young rookie quarterback, not making a lot of money. And, you know, he's a God-fearing guy, too. So, I mean, it could go either way. But whoever wins is going to win. And, I, I mean, I'm probably more of a Chiefs fan than the Niners, but I like them both. Sorry, everybody. I like them both. So it'll be fun to watch. And if you were watching in the future, you already know who won. That's so, right. That's right. Congratulations. Uh, I do have to say that I love the 49ers because Steve Young brought two Super Bowl rings after Joe Montana brought some. Steve Young, I met him a couple of times, love the man. So the 49ers has a, a dear, sure. beautiful place in my heart from the, was it the 80s? Or oh, the 80s and 90s. 90s. Sure. Mm -hmm. Some of you were not alive. Um, but that was a beautiful time for the 49ers. Andy Reid is the coach of the Chiefs. I love Andy. My mother re reminds me all the time that he made it to LDS Church, even though he's got a game that day. And I love that. Andy loves the Lord. There's so many of these guys on these football teams. Such good guys. And so it's hard to pick. But this has been Taylor's year. She's the most awarded uh, album of the year artist. The only other people that have achieved that, I think, are the Beatles, Michael Jackson, and not me. Which solidifies her in, in that upper echelon. But so, all right, you guys, love you. I'll talk to you next week. Love you too. Cause you took my scars, bruises, and broke.